Anyone? Anyone? Tithers? Anyone? <laughs> you know that it's okay to play the lottery as long as you do a reverse tithe. Right? You know that's biblical, right? You can reverse tithe. Like, you give 90% away and you can keep 10, right? And that's kind of how that, that's kind of how that works. No, what's fun in this past week is, you know, there was a buzz around the country, right? And, and conversations had in different places and, and people dreamed about what could happen if we had one and a half billion dollars. And it began to stimulate the imagination of what might we do and, and what kind of cars might we drive or houses to live in or vacations to take or, or what kind of good in the world would we solve? Where, where would we make a difference? And, and it was fun to have those conversations and even just, again, around the, around the water cooler or over lunch. And how many of you guys had some of those conversations? You dreamed a little bit. What would you do? How, come on, let's be honest. How many of you just wondered and imagined? What would you do if you had one and a half billion dollars? But then what happens is then comes that moment, I'm, I'm guessing, I, we, we, we didn't get our tickets this time. I think we ran out of time. But, you know, that moment where you're watching those numbers and they start popping up and all of a sudden it's like, ugh, all of a sudden, poof, the dreams and all those hopes are dashed by, to millions and millions of people in this country. And then what it is, what is, what is it? Back to life as normal. Back to the paycheck that you got to collect. Back to the bills that are there. And the dreams and the hopes and the aspirations of a different and brighter future are just gone. They're evaporated. But I think that's not how dreams work. I don't think that's how dreams are fulfilled. I don't think it's just waiting for some money so that the dreams that you have that God has placed in you can come to fruition but that God wants to work something in us. He wants to do something in us and through us. And that's why I'm so excited this morning to share about what God can do through a people committed to him. What kind of dreams can God bring about? When I think about being here for a year, you know, just the, uh, this week marks a year for us that we have lived here in, in Scottsdale and moved into our house and a little bit more just that we were here in the church. And when I think about the dreams that God gave us as we came here and thought about what, what can happen as we invest our lives here into this community and into this church and what might God do through us, those dreams are still dreams that are strong, that are growing, that are emerging, and that can be realized in time, step by step by step, if we are faithful and we follow God's plan for what he has for us. And I want to share with you today some, some real exciting news. I've actually been really excited about this Sunday. Um, I'm going to kind of hold on to some of that to the end. There's good stuff all around, but I've got a big, uh, exciting announcement that I want to share with all of you at the end. Is that a good teaser or what? Is that great? No sleeping this morning. Not that you should ever sleep, but uh, we've got, some, we got some, uh, some exciting things I want to share with you. But we're in this series called Mosaic. Very intentionally chose the series to begin our year to really talk about a mosaic. And as you know, mosaics, as you've seen them, they're made up of all these little kind of tiles and pieces. And all of them together create a wonderful, beautiful picture. All working together, all having their place and finding their spot and serving a greater purpose. And we've been talking about this idea of mosaic. What does it look like for us as a church to be the mosaic that God has created us to become? And what's our place in that mosaic? We looked at a key verse in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, when I began the series just a couple weeks ago, and it says this, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Who's the masterpiece? We are. Not just an individual, a tile in and of itself has beauty, it has some great uniquenesses to it, but the challenge is that we are not to be creating our own kind of mosaics and our own little masterpieces, but that he is calling us to be a masterpiece together, to do the good things he has created for us to do long ago. That, that means that God has a plan, that God has a purpose for us. Before we were created, before we came, he said, I have something that I want you to do individually, I want you to do together, and it's going to be a beautiful masterpiece 
We began by talking about Jesus saying, look, if you, wanna, if you really want to experience life, true life, he says you've got to give up your life, right? If you try to hold on to your life, if you try to build everything around you, you're actually going to lose your life. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, Jesus says, you will find true life. And then he invites us into that. He says, come and follow me into that. And the disciples left everything and they followed Jesus to discover the beauty and the trueness of life that comes in following him. And he invites us to say, take your peace. There's something more that when you invest it in the kingdom of God, into this beautiful mosaic, that's when you're going to find true life. And then, of course, some of you may be left going, okay, well, what is this kingdom mosaic? And then last week, in a wonderful way, Matt Zilich, our, our student life pastor, really walked us through this understanding of God's mosaic. What is this kingdom mosaic that we're talking about? And he walked us from Genesis all the way through Revelation. He's a bit of an overachiever. So he took us through all of Scripture and uh, I think gave us a great picture, though, of the power of the kingdom. It's not just some kingdom that's distant out there. But that really, this is about a kingdom that has come where God says, as in, on earth as it is in heaven, Jesus says, that we bring this kingdom reality here. It's a kingdom of redemption, of renewal, of hope that, that God wants to restore this world and to restore people and that he wants to use us to be a part of that. And that the kingdom is all around us. And, and, and like Matt said, it, it's, like a, it's like we need the, the like a, doing a puzzle, you need the box. You want to see that picture. What is it that, that God is calling us towards? And this kingdom mosaic is, again, to restore people, to bring hope, to bring healing. And Jesus is inviting us to say, come, be a part of that. And Matt left us with this question, whose kingdom are you building? Are you building your own kingdom? Those kingdoms will fall. Or are you investing your life in a much greater kingdom? into the kingdom of God. And so we're kind of walking our way through the series because our goal through the end of the series is that, that each of us would begin to catch a sense of what God would have you to do and be and what your role is in this unfolding mosaic of God's plan. That he created you to do good things and us together to be a part of that. So we're starting big picture and now we're gonna start narrowing the picture down because what happens when you, when you do a puzzle too, right? If you're putting something together, what's the, you group the pieces into certain ways, right? What, what's the first set of pieces that you put together? The outside edges because those pieces stick out, right? They have like a flat edge and so you can begin to kind of put a framework together. But then as you begin to go through the rest of the pieces, you start grouping them maybe according to different colors, you're going to start looking at, here's a part of this bigger picture, and I'm going to start putting these pieces together here because I think they kind of look like they're going to do this part of the bigger picture. And that's what I want to talk about today because it's not just about taking one piece and trying to finish, figure out the whole puzzle with one piece. That's like us trying to say, okay, God, I'm ready to do my part in God's kingdom mosaic that's, a, that's spanned all of eternity and throughout the centuries and that God is doing globally. Here I am. I'm ready to go. How do we find our place? How do we find that peace? What is the link between us and the kingdom of God and what he wants to do? Because God did not leave us alone to figure that out and to do that on our, by ourselves. And it's the church. It's the church that stands between us and the kingdom. It doesn't stand between us. It's the link between, for us to engage us into what God is doing in the kingdom. It's like grouping together some pieces in a time and place and space, very real, where God is saying, I have something for you to do here, and to do it with some other people, to do it together for the sake of the kingdom. And that's how we begin to find our place in that bigger picture. So I want to dive in today about what this picture of the church is. If you are new here or newer, 
you're going to get a chance to, to get, catch a glimpse of who McDowell Mountain Community Church is, where we've been, where we're going. And for those of you that is, this is your church home, I hope that you will be inspired not only at what God has done, but what he wants to do through us. And then I get to share an exciting announcement. Like how I did that? I was good again, right? Well, let's pray, and then we'll jump into what, uh, what God's put on my heart to share with you this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for the church. Thank you for not just the bricks and mortar here. The church is us. It's the people. It's the living, breathing souls that come together to worship you. And so today, God, would you help us see your kingdom in a clearer way and our role and our part as individuals and as a church. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a well-known scripture for those that have been in the church for a while. And it's a scripture that's often called the Great Commission. And if you've not been in the church or you're newer, you're going to hear and see today a scripture that, that sometimes if you've been in the church for a while, you might go, all right, I get it. We're going to talk about the Great Commission. I've heard it. I've seen it. I've been, you know, let, let's, uh, you know, what's this going to be about? Or you think you already have the message all figured out. But this is so essential. The Great Commission. Jesus is, is getting ready to leave. He's, he's been crucified. He was buried. He was resurrected. And now he is challenging and charging his followers with what they are to do. Remember the good things God has planned for us to do. What are we to be about? And it's found in Matthew chapter 8, verses 19 and 20. So we'll take a look at that this morning. Matthew chapter 8, verses 19 and 20. And this is how, it's, how it reads in Scripture. But you can just imagine the scene. Jesus is pulling his disciples together. And just before this verse, he says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, and now I'm going to commission you on this journey. And he says, Go and make disciples. Go and make more of yourselves. That what you already are, what you have been taught through me, now go and make more of those. Re replicate that. Multiply that. Go and make disciples. But what does he say? He says, go into all the world. And I can just imagine the disciples going, the whole world? Like the entire world? I mean, they didn't even have airlines back then, right? They didn't have the kind of transportation and communications we have. The thought of going into all the world must have been daunting. How do we do that? Go into all the world and make more of yourselves. Make more disciples. And here's this. This is what I want you to do. I want you to teach them. It's very important. I want you to teach them to obey the commands that I have given you. See, I've been spending time teaching you and pouring into you and, and telling you these things. Now go and teach these same things to others, to other disciples, so that they will know, and not just teach them, teach them to, what, obey. That they would put these things into practice because life gets changed when we put these teachings into practice and don't just have them up here, but it begins to make a difference in our lives and people start living and being disciples and living in that way. And then you know what? Baptize them. Baptize them head to toe, get them committed, let them know that they are washed clean in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And know this, I am with you always. Through this whole endeavor, I'm with you always until the end of the age. And this is what he leaves them with. And I can think the disciples are going, wow, this is a great charge. This is a huge responsibility. And this is part of what, what we're talking about here, this kingdom mosaic. God is telling his, Jesus is telling his disciples, go and be this. Bring this mosaic, bring this goodness to the earth and trans transform people all around you. And, they, and then you think, okay, well, that's a quite, quite a daunting task. 
And then as we go into the book of Acts, where, where, where at the beginning of this book of Acts, Jesus is still alive, and bef- I mean, he's alive, and before he, he's resurrected, he's still with the disciples. And he tells them, he says, you're going to be my witnesses everywhere in the world, from here to there to the ends of the earth. He says, wait here for my spirit. And then the spirit comes, and he fills them. And they begin to teach about who Jesus is. They start making disciples. But one of the first things that begins to happen in the book of Acts after Jesus leaves, he didn't just leave individuals to do this great commission. He called a church. And they formed a church. They formed a body together saying, we are in this together. We are called to do this together. And so when we look at this great commission, we we often think God's, God's church has a mission. That every church has this mission. That we, when we see this, these words, we hear this commission. It's that God's church has a mission. This is the mission that we've been put on. This is the mission for McDowell Mountain Community Church. But I like the way that it's been. I've heard it more recently, which is kind of flips it around. It's not just that that God's church has a mission, but God's mission has a church. God's purpose in this world has a church. He has us. He's calling us, and he's calling us along with the churches across the street and down Shea and all around. We are called together, but he has given us a purpose. He has a church. A couple of weeks ago, when, uh, when we finished our service at the beginning of the year, we called together those from our church that are being sent out to Arcadia City Church to start that church. A couple of our staff members and their families and other families, and one of the things we did at the end is we prayed for them. We talked about this great commission. Because this is what they've been called to, not as an individual, not just as Michael or Cody or whomever, but as a church, to be the church and to go and to make disciples, to teach them to obey, to baptize them. And that is this call that God has placed on us. And it can be a daunting task. It can be kind of, go, how do we do that, God? How do we be about this mission? And I think as I picture this beautiful kingdom mosaic of restoration and hope and healing that he's called us to, and then I think about our church, and I go, man, how do we do that? We're just ordinary people. We're failed people in many ways. We're flawed people. There's things we wrestle with and struggle with. And yet God is working us, and he said, I want you to bring about this kingdom. And I, when I think about that, I think what he's calling us to do is to bring glimpses, to give glimpses of the kingdom wherever we go. Wherever God's people are, wherever we are as one, wherever we are together as a church, that people would get a glimpse of the kingdom of heaven, that, that something would break the norm of what's happening all around us in our world and in our culture, and people begin to see, oh, I think they got a taste of the kingdom of heaven. There's something there that's different, that's out of the ordinary. And it can be maybe some big things that we imagine. When we come in here together as a, as a church, we want everyone here today to get a glimpse of the kingdom of heaven. What's it like when we worship? What's it like when we surrender, when we pray to God, when we feel a pounding in our spirit because God is telling us something or he's moving in us or we get an embrace or a hug from somebody that comes in that says, how are you doing? Or somebody prays with you. We realize there's a glimpse of the redemption and the goodness of the kingdom of heaven. Or maybe it's in the small things. Maybe it's when we do a live love day and you're out and you prepare uh, a, 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 a care bag for a homeless person. And you're there and you're putting those pieces together and then we distribute those bags and you have them in your car and you go and you get to give that to a homeless person and you acknowledge them as a person, you have a gift for them and you're bringing a glimpse, just a glimpse, a glimmer of the kingdom of heaven. Somebody that doesn't want but somebody that gives and brings goodness. And that's what I believe we're called to as a church. That in this big picture of the kingdom mosaic that there's a part for us to play. 
That there's a part from McDowell Mountain Community Church that God wants to use us, and he's called us to be his masterpiece, and to show that, and to give glimpses of that all around us to the people all around us where we find ourselves. Now, as I think about a year passing since I've been in this role as, as lead pastor, and I think about coming here, and the hopes and the dreams and, and the desires and, and thinking, God, this is, this is what you've prepared me for and where my life journey has taken me and my family and, and you're bringing these paths together with this amazing church and the leadership and, and the people that have been here for years before me. How do we continue this mission? And not only that, how do we continue just to expand what you're doing here and just the sense that, God, this is what you're up to and this is what you're doing. And so we stepped into this year, and now we have a year to reflect back. And I always take time, as I've shared even earlier, I love to, to at the end of the year, just to step back and go, God, what have you done? What are you doing? And, and where are you taking us in, the, in this next year? And as I look back at this last year, I could have never scripted it that way. It wasn't, a, I shouldn't say at all, but in many ways, it was not what I expected. Because we, we set out with hopes and dreams and desires and things, but yet the, the path can change, and we have to be there to adapt and be ready to see what God is trying to unfold before us. And I know the church had been on a, on a you know, this church has been on a good trajectory. There's been growth, and there's been excitement. There was plans for a new building, and, and, and so as, as I stepped into that interim time and talked with the board and, and leadership, it's like, we want to keep going. We want to keep reaching more people. We want to continue to expand our building and make room for children and youth and to do all these different pieces. And, and we want a leader that, that, that can help us do that. Is, do we share the same vision? It's like, yes, absolutely. And we stepped into that. I remember my first board meeting was one of these, uh, it was a meeting where it was like, all right, are we ready to re-engage the uh, Multiply campaign, a multi-million dollar campaign? What do you say? You in? It's like, whoa, <laughs> jumping right in here and thinking, yeah, let's do this. This is, this is what God has called us to do. And if you guys believe as a leadership, that's the trajectory you've been on. I've, I'm excited about that. Let's do that. And we began the year off to the races, right? We were ready to keep going. We had an amazing Sunday, Multiply Sunday. Remember being out on the, on the, the grounds where the new building will be? And, and we had the tent out there. Just an amazing celebration. Sunday together as a church, dreaming about what God has for us. And as we've gone through the year, uh, there's been changes. And quite frankly, you can't go through a transition and not experience changes in leadership. And uh, change that leadership brings in just a different day. It's a new season. And I know as you've sat here, maybe you've, you've been wondering about what's, you know, what's happening. You've heard staff that have been changing, people that, that you've grown to love and to know. And, and by the way, this morning, uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff Mugford has his first Sunday at Olive Branch Community Church in California as lead pastor there and is excited about that fresh beginning. God's called him to do that and to put him in that place. We've sent some of our staff to start a new church, and, and those were things that I didn't expect going into this year or didn't know, but God's plan unfolds as it goes. And, and so we, we look back at a year and say, there's, there's things we have to, to continue to work through, to build on. God, where are you going? Where are you leading? And, and as a church, many times, and maybe as individuals, we, we, we go to this, this level where we go, let's, let's evaluate a church on two metrics, and this is actually really crazy when you step back and think about it. Not that these are insignificant or unimportant. They are helpful. But sometimes we evaluate the total health of a church on two metrics. And if I'm going to put it crass, it's butts and bucks. Butts and bucks. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? How many butts are in the seat and how many bucks are in the plate if we don't pass a plate, right? But you step back and go, well, there, there seem to be a few less butts than there were before. Okay, I've got to stop saying that's really bad. There seems to be a few less people... <laughs> I don't see it that way. I love you as individuals. I see you as people. But you know what I'm saying, just counting. It's not just about a number. And we go, well, you know, there's, there's some more open seats than there were at some point. 
What's happening? And of course, you look in the worship folder and at different times you've seen the numbers uh, in the giving and kind of going, well, we're behind budget. What, what, what's going on? Are we, are we okay? What's going on? And, and that's part of a year of transition where we're looking through those things. But now we've come to the end of that year and, and every year as a church, and you'll receive this when you, when you head out, we have an impact report. And it's an impact report because we talk about our impact as a church. And one way that we look at impact is through numbers because it's a way that we can measure our ministries and see what's happening and how you are responding and, and where people are growing and what's going on. And so we put this, this together as a, as a way of sharing what God is doing. And uh, I had a chance now to say, okay, let's compare the, year, the previous year and this year. Let's see what God is doing, what's happening in the life of our church. And so, so sure enough, yeah, our, our attendance number is, is less than it was the, the previous year. Our average attendance is 600, was 693 on a Sunday morning between our services and children and, uh, and families here on a Sunday morning. 693, well, that's down about 50 people from the year before. And I thought back, wow, as through a year of transition and change, I hate losing people, but in any church, every year there's people moving and leaving and going, and some don't like this guy's preaching, and maybe they don't like my hair, I don't know what it is, but... Um, it happens. Change happens, and you go, okay, well, wow, that's, that's, that's the number there. And you look at, and then we look at giving, go, what's happening and what's going on? But as I began to look through this report, and you get behind those two numbers, and you start seeing really what's happening. Where are the glimpses of the kingdom of heaven? What is God doing? Because those numbers don't tell you everything. And really, behind those numbers, there have been some amazing things going on, because every number represents a person. You're here. You're hearing what God is doing and seeing what's happening. And so as I started looking through what's going on, well, yeah, attendance was, was down a few percent. But think about Easter and you go, man, we had a record attendance on Easter. And it's not just about having a record attendance. It's an opportunity to share about the good news of Christ for people, to share the message of the cross. And in this year of transition, okay, well, I'll be honest with you, transparency here, we broke the record by one person. <laughs> hey, but a record is a record, right? <laughs> because we want to be honest here, we want to be real. But, but it was exciting to think, here we are going through transition, and yet, you know, we're, we're still reaching so many people. God is doing great things. But, but again, behind those numbers, we talk about turning, right? What do we say? Turning what? Hearts and minds towards Christ. Our baptisms were up 37% last year. Uh, that got, that's got to get a little more uh, applause in a church when that's at the heart of what we do. 37% more, more people being baptized, and we began to do that in our worship services, at the multiply services, and here, we soak the stage. I'm surprised this carpet isn't molding yet, but it's, uh, it's so exciting to see people committing their lives to Christ. That's a glimpse of the kingdom when somebody gets into, a, gets into a bathtub in the front of the stage, right, in front of people and says, I am all in, and Jesus has done something in my life, and there's transformation, and more of that happened this past year. The prayer requests that are pinned to the cross, that are written on the cards, we've received over 25% more this year than in previous years. People are seeking prayer. Yes, absolutely. You guys can applaud any kind of, any kind of awesome thing. That is so cool to come around people and to pray for those things. Now, when we look at our, in this report, we have our children and our, and our student ministries. And not surprising, in a year where we've held on our, our the growth has, has leveled off for a year of transition, our children's ministry has been in transition with a new children's pastor, and of course, some families have left, so our, our general attendance numbers are a little bit lower in our children's ministry. But yet, in the same year, we have had a record attendance of children that wanted to be a part of Camp Create and to be involved in the camps that we're doing. We didn't have room for all the kids that wanted to come. And so that is a new record on Camp Create. Give applause for that. It's awesome. <laughs> student life. Our student ministries have held strong throughout the year. 
But they also did the race in, in uh, August, which is a four-week uh, series where they come together and just blow it out here on, on our campus for, for reaching students. Blew the old kind of a record out of that and reached 261 students in the course of that month. Our student ministry, 261 students, a new record in that. And so when we start getting behind the numbers, we start going, what's really happening here? What's happening is, is there are individuals that are sitting with students, when they, when they tell me about the beach camp that they were at, and they got to sit and they talk about faith, and they gather in a small group, and they're seeing lives changed, and we're seeing those baptisms that are happening here. Now, we talk about, about, again, gathering the people, being together, moving from rows into circles. And then when we look at our community life and what's happened in this course of this past year, these numbers just uh, blow me away, too. We have had 123% increase in our with friends events where we connect with other people. 123%, that means over 150 people or 130 people more got together in community, connecting with others, getting to know other people and being involved in that way. Our our men's and women's Bible studies together have seen an increase of 43% in this past year. More people getting around. Again, it's not just about a number because what's happening in there? People breaking open the word of God, talking with one another, sharing life and sharing faith together. Our next steps classes have seen an increase. The gathering, our, young, our, our, our gathering for young professionals, 20-somethings, has gone from the year before where we had uh, 35 involved in that ministry to 58, 66% increase in that vital ministry of our church. And then we move on to, to not just the community life, but we start talking about outreach and our local, our local impact and our global impact. That the, actually the number of people serving this past year has gone up from 217 to 367. That's an increase of 70% people in this church serving outside of these walls. Come on. (laughs) What that's telling me is there's a desire and there's a hunger in this church to be more involved, to do more, to serve more, and to create opportunities to to do that. This past year, not only did we serve in the DR, but we added a Mexico missions trip, which we've got coming up, another one in April. And on that trip alone, we were over 30, I believe, 17 of those people experienced their first time ever mission trip, going across the country, being used by God and saying, this is wonderful, this is amazing, this is life transforming, not for only what we do for the others, but for what God is doing in us. Life change, transformation is happening among our people. And then even things like technology, you look on the back and you say, well, what's, what's you know, the web and Facebook and social media? We've had an increase of 36% in st- online and streaming. So more people participating, if you're doing that, you're part of our, our numbers, we're glad you're with us. You're part of our church. Many of you have dialed in in different ways. And God is growing, and God is using us here. Now, there's also a page on, um, on finances. And I know throughout the years, you've looked, comparing to our budget, we were down on our giving, uh, our, our budget numbers. And, uh, and by the time the end of the year rolled around, you guys stepped up in the end. And while uh, all things considered, we were only down 3% from the previous year giving. So in a year of transition and newness, there, we were only down 3%. But again, that, that doesn't tell you everything. Because in the same year, you increased your giving to the Multiply campaign by 89% over the previous year. You gave almost a million dollars this last year to the Multiply campaign. And you know, as I looked at those numbers and we talked about that with the board and leadership, we go, okay, so in this year alone, when you put together the general fund giving and you put together giving that came to the Multiply campaign for our expansion, 
In the 20-year history of McDowell Mountain Community Church, never have, been more resor- have more resources been invested here than in this past year by 22% in this year. Give an applause for, for that. Unbelievable. You know what that, that means for me, too, as your lead pastor, to know that you are confident in what God is doing, you're excited about the future, that you believe in what is happening here through the ministries, through the life transformation, and through what's happening with our Multiply campaign and with our expansion. And so we look at this year and say, man, coming through a year of transition, how faithful has God been? How good has he been to us? How has he given us these glimpses of life change in individuals and our impact here and globally around the world? He is using us in a beautiful way. And as I think about this next year, and I think about a focus for this next year, as I've been talking with our staff and with our our board, and I simply think we've come through a year of transition, and God has been so good, and this is a year now for us of preparation preparing for God to do big things. And really, it's preparing for God to do even bigger things. And I've outlined some things with our, with our staff and with our board where we really want to do some things that lay the groundwork and prepare for God to do some big things. But I told you, I'm going to give you and share with you a, a, an exciting announcement. Um, and, and as if those other things aren't exciting enough. I mean, it's just awesome what God is doing. First of all, when we think about our expansion, where are we at with our building? We broke the $2 million mark in contributions to that campaign at the end of last year. $2 million. That is another reason to applaud and to give God thanks for what he's doing. Now, we made a commitment this past year as a board as we looked back and we looked at the scope of what we were doing and, and, uh, and, and the original plans of what we were wanting to accomplish and realized, you know, we really, um, while we believe that's where God is taking us in the future, we don't want to get there by taking on a heavy debt load in addition to debt that we're already carrying. And, and I shared with you a few months back that we want to build this with cash, that we want to build this debt-free so that we can not impact the rest of our ministries, but add a tool of ministry that really allows our children and our youth to have a tremendous place to be. And so what, we're, what we made that commitment, and so for you to come through and to say we're going to continue giving, giving a million dollars this past year and making commitments so we have $2 million in in, in pledges, already in gifts received, and another million in pledges that has been made. And so we, we've come to this point, we've been telling you we're continuing to move forward, we're continuing to, uh, to move the process and make the plans, and we came to a point this last week where, where things came to a major decision point for us uh, as a leadership, as a building committee, and as, as a board. Do we pull the trigger? It's a big question. Do we pull the trigger? Are we ready to go at this point? We've, the building committee has worked hard, to, to dial in the numbers, to really get down deep, to, to get us the best prices, to figure out what we can do, and have come in, and we had a joint meeting, and it was a big meeting, because it's, we're at the point now, everything's ready to go. It's just a matter of, do we feel confident, and do we feel that God is calling us to take this step now? And uh, the, the project that we need to aim towards is a $3 million project, roughly. And we have $2 million in the bank. Now there's a million dollars in pledges. And we feel like, you know, we, we, we prayed about this. We had conversations about this. And I got to tell you, it was one of the most exciting meetings for me to be a part of. Because what I saw God doing wasn't just some people making a decision. It wasn't just crunching numbers and trying to make a good numerical decision. It wasn't just people waxing eloquently and going, oh, you know, let's just have faith. God will provide. And let's just dream big. And it was a combination of faithful stewardship and visionary leadership that really got together. And what was so cool is when we got to the point of saying, all right, We've heard all the numbers. We've talked through what God is doing and where we're at. It's, 
It's decision time. And you know what? It wasn't even about making a decision at that point. I think we all just sensed in a room, we know what we need to do. And we affirmed that beginning this month, we're moving forward with the building project. <laughs> it is exciting. So within just a matter of a couple of weeks, you're going to start seeing stuff happening out here. This isn't like something down the line. This is happening. And uh, it'll be within, the, within about a one-year time span, the new addition, the part for children's ministry and a student life uh, area and some new restrooms and an expansion into the, in, out of the lobby is going to be happening uh, in very short order. You're going to start seeing some things happen. But we are stepping out in faith. We believe in what God has already done and what he's provided but we also know that there's still another million dollars that we are committed to giving and to doing. And some of you have not been involved yet into that campaign and into giving. Be a part of it. Be a part of it and watch what God can do because this is part of our pre preparation for what God can do. Our children's ministry, our student ministry, creating more space, being involved in what God is doing. This mosaic of what God is bringing together. We have an exciting year ahead of us in 2016 to bring glimpses of the kingdom of heaven wherever we go touches of that kingdom. And as we think about this mosaic and you think about your place in this bigger picture, I just invite you to be a part of that, to discover your place here and to say, God is doing big things. And I'm so excited to be your pastor. I'm so excited about this new year and what God is doing in our church. Great days are ahead. Let's pray together. And, and as we bow our heads, as we, as we close, I want us to close in worship also as we take communion together. Because this is... Uh, this is a big commitment for us as we think about what God has for us in this coming year. And it's not something that God has called any one of us to do. He's called us together to do this. Your leadership has affirmed this. We've sensed it from you and this excitement for what God wants to do. And, and we want to gather around the centrality of Christ and his sacrifice for us and reminding us that when we remember him and what he's done for us, it unites us in him. And so the, the, the ushers will come, we'll pass communion through the rows. I ask you to hold on to that. The bread representing Christ's body broken for us, the cup representing his blood spilled out for us. And then together we will take communion uh, during the song. I will come up and lead us through that time. Let's continue in worship.